Previously on the Morgue Chronicles, Noah and Lizzie have a dialogue over their feelings and then discover a secret passage. Instead of following the characters into the passage as any sane writer would do, he decided to end it there and make us wait another episode. I, of course have much more class than that, and contacted my agent. I demanded that my agent book me on a real podcast. Apparently my agent has been on vacation for the past month, or so I'm told. Since I found myself in a bit of a sticky situation, I decided that working for this podcast was better than not working at all. Emma, darling, I didn't actually get a copy of the script this time. Can you be a dear and help me out? What, of course you received a copy. Never mind. Dear listeners, this week we proudly bring you part 3 of the Morgue Chronicles, Diner is Served. Since Brian did not actually bother to read the script, I suggest that you catch up by listening to the last two episodes. I believe that the word for this podcast will be procrastinator. A Brian who habitually puts off doing things and blames everyone else. Mother told me I could do better. I turned on the flashlight and entered a secret passage with Lizzie close behind me. We walked for about five minutes, following all the twists and turns. Lizzie, how far do you think this passage goes? I'm not sure. From my estimate, I think we should be somewhere near the electrical room. I hope we can find a way out, and more importantly, figure out what's going on. Lizzie slipped her hand into mine as we neared a light at what seemed to be the end of the passage. Lizzie. I think we found the exit. I'll put my ear by the wall and try to hear if there's anyone on the other side. Here, you better hold the flashlight just in case. Okay, be careful. As I made my way to the end of the passage to listen for any sounds, we heard the shuffling of feet coming our way from behind us. Noah, do you hear that? I sure do. I don't think we have time to figure out if someone is on the other side. Let's make a run for it. Lizzie had already run past me before I finished my sentence. I quickly overtook her and launched myself at the wall, hoping to crash through what looked like simple drywall. My luck held as I easily went through the drywall and landed on my shoulder as I fell through. Noah, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay, I said to Lizzie as I brushed off drywall dust from my hair and shoulders. Where are we? It looks like part of the new add-on where physical rehab is going to be. Thank God for low-bid construction. If that had been a double drywall, we'd still be back in the passageway. I looked into the dark passageway and said, We better get moving. Whatever we heard in there wasn't far behind. Look, isn't that the same blood trail that we started following? Let's keep following it. Shouldn't we get some help? Think about it Noah, we found this passage down in the basement and somehow it ended up on the first floor. There's no way this could have been done without someone higher up knowing about it. Who do you think we could trust? You're right. We can't risk trusting anyone until we get to the bottom of this. I grabbed Lizzie's hand as we followed the trail of blood left by what looked like a body being dragged. It looks like the trail is going towards the dig site out back. I can't understand how Dr. Ayers can be involved in any of this. He just can't be. I don't want to believe it either. 
The only thing that we do know for sure is that the passage either starts or ends at his office. The bookcase that you found the opening to the passage in was installed while you were away. And I imagine he would have approved of the bookcase construction. I mean, maybe he's innocent in all of this? We just won't know until we find out what's going on at the dig site. Let's just keep going. Okay, I hope we can clear his name, but if he is guilty then we should find that out too. I'm with you all the way. Great. Let's grab some things that we might need and head to the dig site. Thanks for everything, Noah. Sure. It's nothing. No, I mean it. Thank you for believing me and for seeing this through with me. There aren't many guys that would be willing to believe me. If they did believe me, even fewer would stay. Most would probably look at me like I was damaged or just a mental person. I don't think that at all. I know, that's what I mean. You're genuinely a nice guy. When this is all over, I'll take you to my favorite spot to eat, and we can get to know each other better. I'd like that. Me too. Anyway, do you have everything that we might need? I think so. Let's see, we have some rope, a crowbar, a hammer, this cordless nail gun, another flashlight, oh, and a box of nails. Pretty cool what you can find at an active construction site. Are you sure we shouldn't at least call the police? Do you remember who the chief of police is? Of course. I played a few rounds of golf with him and Dr. Bobbers. I scratched my head trying to remember his name. Tyreek is his name. Tyreek Lofton. My eyes widened at a sudden realization. Wait, his last name is Lofton. Exactly, just like one of the board of directors at the hospital. The chief of police is the brother of Dr. Lofton. We really can't trust anyone yet, can we? I think it's safer for us if we just trust each other for now. I agree. It's already dark outside. We should be able to sneak onto the dig site without anyone seeing us. Let's try to find that blood trail again. Lead the way. Lizzie helped me stuff everything into a paramedic bag that we found, and we slowly made our way outside. We stuck to the shadows to avoid being spotted by anyone. Lizzie was able to see the drag marks of the body being pulled and directed us to a spot right past the construction trailer where there was a big pit. The trail ends right at the top of the pit. How were you able to see that? I couldn't see any tracks at all. Let's just say that the spirits were lighting the way for me. So they wanted us to find the pit? Yes, I'm pretty sure they want us to see what is in the pit. No Noah made his way to the top of the pit, while he aimed at the light poles with the nail gun. He was remarkably accurate with it and took out all the lights by the time they made it to the pit. The flashlight that Lizzie had also had an infrared filter on it. They were able to look down into the pit without drawing any attention to themselves. What they saw almost made them scream in complete and utter terror. They didn't need the red glow from the flashlight after all. The pit itself was glowing green from what could only be described as I apologize my dear listeners. 
Apparently the writer of this story spilled what looks like coffee on the rest of the script. This is complete and utter rubbish. Looks like we will have to wait until the next episode. At least I still have work. Emma, please cancel our tickets back to England. Looks like we will be stuck in this hovel for a little while longer. To my agent, you know where you can place your lips. You haven't returned my call in over a month. I had no choice but read for this podcast again. When I get back to England you had better hide. Such unprofessionalism, it reminds me of the time that I read for King Henry. I almost got that part. I would have, if it wasn't for my cousin Harold giving me the wrong script to memorize. Thank you for listening to 26 Podcast. Please leave us a 5-star rating on Apple iTunes, or wherever you listen. Did you know that we have a Patreon page? You can send us one-time or monthly support by visiting www.patreon.com slash 26 podcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash 26 podcast. You can also now wear a t-shirt showing your support by going to happyfaceface.com and buying some of our fantastic merchandise. Be the first of your friends drinking from a 26-podcast coffee mug, while wearing a 26-podcast t-shirt. Also make sure to visit our website at 26podcast.com. Some of us like to read your emails, so keep sending them to info, at 26podcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at 26podcast.com. 